You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.mbcocala.com. Well, we're doing a series on Wednesday nights called Real Life. How long are we doing it? All year, 2011, which is a year of connection. It's a year of connection. Let me explain what we're doing. We're... I believe this, that the Bible has the answer for everything. Either directly or by principle, we find our answers in there. Um, God has revealed to us truth. He said, you come to know this truth, this truth will set you free. For every problem, there is a promise. Get that, for every problem, there is a promise. Pastor Bernard told me, and if he told me I believe him, there's 8,810 promises in the Word of God. 8,810. That's more than problems that you have. The issue for us so often is deciding which one we're going to carry. We're going to carry the problem or are we going to carry the promise? And what you have to do is learn to lay down the promise, uh, the problem and pick up the promise. And don't be double-minded and keep going back and picking up your problem again. Trust God, believe God in his promises. Many of his promises are conditional. That means that you have a part to play. There's a grace effort tension that goes on, a balance that goes on. You know, some people just want to just let go and let God, but sometimes God's saying, no, I don't want you to let go. I want you to pick up. I want you to hold on. And we need to read the word carefully in that way. But we have problems. We have situations. We have stuff in life. We talked about it on Sunday that, that, um, you know, the revelation of imperfection, that you don't have to come here and act like you've got it all together because none of us have it all together. None of us are perfect. We are a work in progress. And he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. He'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, 6. Another aspect of that verse, and get this, God never ends anything on a negative. Hear me. God never ends anything on a negative. So if it's still negative, God's not done. Okay. So you keep your faith engaged. You keep, you keep trusting him for that. Well, we've got all kinds of situations and used to be the mindset was, well, that's in the world and that's people who don't know Jesus. But the reality is if we're truthful, you know, we deal with all kinds of things and just read the new Testament. And we see that Paul and James and John and the other writers in the new Testament are addressing these issues Throughout scripture, they're addressing these issues, real life issues. And so instead of just pretending we don't have that or by faith, I don't have that anymore. How about let's find out what the word says to say. Let's get some good background and foundational information on these things and deal with them. We've talked about worry and decision making and self-worth and a number of things. And I'm going to take the next few weeks and we're going to talk about anger. And uh, how many of you have ever known anybody that was angry? Or you have ever seen it maybe on TV or something like that. Come on. How many of you have ever got royally ticked before? Come on. Okay. So we're going to find out what the word of God says about this. First of all, let me give you a little definition. Then we're going to dive in. Anger is a feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. I want you to get that first part of the definition. It's a feeling. Everybody say it's a feeling. Whoa, 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 feel it's a feeling. Okay. Proverbs twenty nine twenty two in the Amplified Bible says this a man of wrath or anger stirs up strife, and a man given to anger commits and causes much transgression. 
So I would say it's probably not good. Because you're just looking at it and it says if, if you have it, you stir up strife. And if you're given to it, you commit and cause much transgression. So we have to handle anger or anger will handle you. We have to deal with it. You have to, you have to make some real decisions about this. This is a real enemy. Now we're going to look at a positive, a couple positive aspects of anger as well. Um, hopefully even tonight a little bit. Um, I, I posted today. I tweeted today. Any of y'all tweet today? How many of you don't know what I'm even talking about? All right, listen to me, people. I know we're out on a little country road here. But this is 2011, a year of connections. We need to start leveraging technology. Right now, through technology, we're sending out a message anywhere on this planet. Isn't that amazing? And we got a little thing called Twitter. If you have a cell phone. Okay? And... Go ahead, people, and get a smartphone. Okay? And I won't tell you which one I have. But um, <laughs> but go ahead and get. We have through Twitter, through Facebook, and you say, well, those are evil. You know, listen, a fork can be evil. But maybe we'll embrace one a little later tonight, you know, probably tomorrow. All right. All right. It's how you use anything. Okay. And every day, just about every day, I send out a message, some kind of encouragement, some kind of scripture, some kind of, I want you, I I want some kind of strength. I want to touch you in some way every day and say, go, go get it and be strong and God's good. And, and so I send out something on Twitter every day and I post something on Facebook every day. And that, and one of the things I put today was, was this, that anger is one letter short of danger. Anger is one letter short of danger. See, some of y'all needed to know that today, but you didn't have Twitter. (laughs) Now, again, the big purpose of all of this is to help you and then to help you to help. So we're going to be talking about real life issues all year long on Wednesday nights. And it's first of all, to help you so you can get victory. How many of you know we're supposed to have some victory? Good, good. We're supposed to have some victory and, and Jesus has made a way for that. But it's first of all, to help us. And then secondly, is to help us to help. We are to comfort others, encourage others, strengthen others with the same comfort that we ourselves have been comforted with by God. And so as we overcome something, our, our test then turns into testimony. Our scar then becomes a story and a trophy. You know, our dent becomes a tool and a weapon. You know, so when you go through something, realize I'm not coming out of that empty handed. You go through a season. I'm not coming out of that empty handed. I'm going to come out with something. I'm going to come out stronger. I'm going to come out wiser. I'm going to know how to relate. I'm going to know how to help somebody. So we're wanting to help you and then also to help you, equip you so that you can help some other folks. As we talk about anger, one of the most humble men that ever was on this planet was Moses. And the scripture says that. However, also humble Moses had some anger issues. And we want to look at these real quick. And uh, first of all, 
and we won't turn and read this part right now, but in Exodus chapter two, and you can read about this and Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh, but he was a Hebrew. And one day he's out looking around and he's royalty. And how many of you know, Moses, a little basket in the bulrushes. Okay. All that. Okay. And he, uh, he sees one of the Egyptian taskmasters beating a Hebrew slave. And he gets angry about that. And so he goes and, and I'm just, well, I won't get too graphic about it, but he grabbed the guy and he looked left and right and looked around and he killed him and he hit him in the sand. Moses got ticked. I mean, he just, it just got a hold of him and he got a hold of somebody and anger. Then in Exodus 32, and we'll read this verse 19 to 20. Now, let me set it up for you first. He's just been up on the mountain with God. And the people said, we don't want to get too close to that whole mountain thing, because I'm telling you, there's, there's a cloud and there's fire and everything. And he's up there getting the 10 commandments and hearing from God and getting some marching orders. And while he's up there, the children of Israel went goofy because they had a bad staff. And people just, they just went goofy and they decided to worship. They wanted to worship somehow. So they, everybody, they took a big offering of jewelry and got everybody's jewelry together. And and let me just tell you something. They had a lot of gold. How do I know that? Because they'd come out of Egypt. Remember, they were just. They had minivans full of this stuff. And they melted it all down and made a, I mean, if you're going to make something, why this? They made a giant golden cow. And they sang and danced and worshiped around the cow. Glory to cow. (laughs) Moses comes down and let's pick up here in verse 19. And so it was as soon as he came near the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing So Moses' anger, everybody say anger. Moses' anger became hot. And he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountains. Talk about breaking the Ten Commandments. He did. A couple chapters later, we read that God said, we're going to need to reprint those. And they did. They did. Thank God. His his anger became hot and he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf. Watch this now. Then he took the calf, which they'd made. And he's outnumbered about a million to one. Okay. That's how angry he was. He took the calf, which they had made, burned it in the fire, ground it in a powder, scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And he's way outnumbered. The boy is mad. Then in Numbers 20, and you can read it later, uh, they need water. They're out in the desert. And one time God had told Moses when they needed water, he said, take your rod and hit the stone. Hit this rock and God caused water to come out of the rock. And there was plenty of cold, clean water for everybody. Speaking of cold, clean water, if you look on our website, and also we'll show you something on on Sunday. Uh, Remember last year we did a water missions project. And we've got the results back from that and some other things and some pictures. And 2,000 people now on a regular basis have plenty of clean 
water because of you guys. Yeah. They used to have to walk, I believe it was a little bit over a mile to a polluted retention pond, so to speak, to get green water. And they were sick and everything. And that was their water. And through your giving last year, we were able to uh, put through Water Missions International to put uh, a unit there that runs water for about 2,000 people every day. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But you can read about that. And um, that's an awesome thing. I want to do more things like that. Amen. Amen. Where was I? Okay. He, he said, hit the rock and the water came out and everybody had water. Well, another time they're needing water. And this time the Lord told Moses, this time I want you to speak to the rock. I want you to speak to the rock. And Moses was angry with the people. And so he went ahead and did this. In his anger, he didn't obey God. He didn't listen up to God. And he went ahead and hit the rock that God told him to speak to. Well, God was good and God wanted to take care of the people. So water came out in abundance for the people. But then the Lord pulled Moses aside and he said, you know what? I told you to do this, but you didn't believe me. And you went ahead with your anger and did your own thing. And this will cost you, my friend. This will cost you from going into the promised land. So anger doesn't work out very good. So let's look at some things. First of all, there are levels or degrees of anger. Let me just kind of go through those. And you could probably find some sub-levels in this. First of all, there's irritation. How many of you have ever got irritated before? It's irritating me that some of y'all are not raising your hand. Okay. Okay. So, irritation. If you stay irritated, then it will move on to what is called indignation. Now, irritation is kind of like a sparking. And starts to heat. Indignation now is you start to simmer. Have y'all ever simmered before? Typically during simmering, you're quiet, but you're changing temperature. (laughs) This then goes to wrath. Wrath is burning. Wrath means I'm starting to want to do something. I'm about to take action. I want to avenge this amount. Wrath then turns into fury. Fury comes from the same root as fiery. And so at this point, you've got a blaze going, okay, when you're into fury. And then it goes on into rage. This is the last step here, rage. This is blazing. This is where a person loses self-control. This is called also insane fury. Revelation 12, 12 talks about the enemy is filled with, and here's translation, insane fury. This is when a person just loses it. You know, they just, they just lose it. They just come undone. They're just so mad. It's a process though. And you need to understand this and don't ever excuse yourself on this. You don't suddenly have that, that rage at that point. You don't suddenly there. It's a process. And what we've got to do is learn to stop along the way. You know, a house is not just suddenly totally on fire. There's something little that happens and then it spreads and goes on. And we've, we've got to learn early in this process. So those are the levels and degrees. Irritation, indignation, wrath, fury, rage. It's like something sparks, something simmers, something starts to burn, starts to be fiery, and then it's fully blazing. Then you also have duration. 
So you've not only got the levels, then you've got duration. Sometimes you're just angry for a few seconds. Sometimes somebody plays a trick on you. You know, you're angry for a few seconds till you see it was a joke or whatever. Um, And sometimes just the situation, you say, you know what? This is not even worth getting angry about. So you have everything from a few seconds to a lifetime. There's some people that live angry. And we're going to see how out of place that is for us as the redeemed. Now, when you have a lifetime of of anger, it's also called this resentment. Resentment. Here's a good definition for resentment. You ready? Anger with a history. Anger with a history. And what happens, you turn hostile. You turn bitter. It's what I call cumulative anger. It happens sometimes, and I want husbands and wives to hear me. I want, I want parents and children to hear me. I want employees and employers to hear me. Sometimes there's this cumulative, it accumulates over time. It's anger with a history that you start to resent. There's sometimes, I've known of situations like this even closely in ministry and so forth, where everything seems to be okay between two people. And there's simmering and burning And it goes on, it goes on, it stays contained, it flames up, flares up every now and then. And all of a sudden, you have this full-blown blaze and you're going, where did that come from? Sometimes you have people that are meek and mild and you, you, you don't think they have an angry bone in them. And all of a sudden, they have gone, you know, with, with anger. And it's a destructive thing. And so we've got to pay attention to this because... Listen, folks, you do not want to live your life with this, with, with anger. It's destructive to you. It's destructive to people around you. Anger itself is not a sin. Remember the definition I gave you was the first part. It's a what? It's a feeling. A feeling is not a sin. Okay. In this sense here, anger is not in itself a sin, but what we do with this feeling, what we do with this, how long we ha- hang out with this determines if we end up in sin or not. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. To get angry is not a sin. Sometimes it's even justifiable. I believe there's a thing called righteous indignation. There's some things that make me angry. There's some things that if I were God... I'd fix it now. Y'all with me? I mean, there's just something I've told y'all before. If I were God, I'd be pinching off some little heads. Sometimes when I do ride-alongs as a chaplain with the sheriff's office, there's just some things and I'm saying, and they're protected by a whole justice system, which sometimes I wonder how just it is. I'm looking at the victims and then I'm looking at the perpetrator. And we leave people crying and hurt and broken. And this person is protected by a system. And I know, I know, I know I'm glad that's the case so that we don't rush to things and do things wrong. But sometimes it's just so obvious. And I'm thinking, oh, right now, if it were me, 
If I were God, how many of you are glad I'm not God? <clears throat> okay. Guess what? I'm glad you're not God. Okay. So, to get angry is not a sin. To stay angry leads to sin. Let me read you a couple of scriptures here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Y'all still here? You still mad? Okay. It says, and this is in the New Living Translation. It says, and don't sin. Watch it carefully on the screen here. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, that's a really important thing. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, on your anger. Because then you're going to give a foothold to the enemy. I don't want to take a lot of time to do this. But this is an illustration that, I, that I've used over time. Helped illustrate this. I believe if you go to bed mad and that an emotion is uh, angry is what? It's an emotion, I told you. It, it's an emotion. It's a feeling. If you go to bed with your emotions out of whack, you'll wake up out of whack. And so, it, and especially when you have a destructive emotion or feeling and you sleep with that, you don't resolve that. You don't reset that. You, you, you know, this is like, this is like you've been fishing all day and you've cleaned fish and you've done this and you've been in weeds and everything else. And then you just pull your boat into your garage and just leave it. Guess what? It's going to stink in the morning. You're going to have stuff. that's going to be hard to get off tomorrow. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We take better care of our stuff than we do us sometimes. And you've got this very destructive emotion and feeling. And if you go to bed with it, you will wake up in the morning with an emotional hangover. You'll wake up in the morning, oh, just, just not right. And you, may, and you may have cooled down. You may not still be angry, but damage is done to you. To me, it's like this, and this is the illustration. If you had a jewelry store and you had a big plate glass window on the front of that jewelry store and you had hundreds of thousands of dollars of precious jewels and gems and jewelry in that window and a delivery truck going by hits a rock the rock hits your window and the window shatters and now all of that is exposed and you go oh no and then you look at your clock and you go well we close at six and it's five till i'll get it tomorrow y'all with me how many of you know there's not going to be much to get tomorrow? <laughs> See, you, you, you're going to do whatever it takes. We're, I'll stand here and walk like a little guard back and forth. I'm going to get some plywood. I'll pay extra money to get the glass guy out here to fix this. We're going to, we're going to do something. I'm a, I can't leave it like this. Now, you're not going to be able to resolve everything every night, you know? Sometimes the husband, sometimes the wife, sometimes the boss, whoever it be, what the situation, you may not be able to get resolved, but you know what? You can get to anger and we're going to work on that over the next few weeks here. But the thing is, when you stay angry, it's going to lead to sin. Um, I didn't give this one before service, but Ephesians four, verse 31 and 32 says this, let all bitterness, listen carefully, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. So what are we to put away from us? Anger. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, which is loud quarreling and evil speaking be put away from you 
with all malice and be kind to one another. Tough crowd. (laughs) Be kind to one another. I'm going to make you say it. Say that. Be kind to one another. That's a Jesus thing to do. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So to get angry is not sin. To stay angry leads to sin. To act out of anger is sin. When we're angry, here's what we do. We yell, we mouth off, we break stuff. We shoot in the ceiling or worse. You know, all those things. To act out of anger is sin. Here's another one. To live in anger is flesh. And flesh is sin. And it keeps you from walking in the spirit. And here's the result. The longer you stay in anger, the more flesh, the less spirit. The more flesh, the less spirit. And life in the spirit gives life and peace. But life in the flesh brings death. Sin, the wages of sin is death. Sin ruins everything that it touches. That's why you can't flirt with sin. It will ruin something. It will damage something. And anger is such a, and just angry about this, of what anger does to people. I've counseled people in years and I, I I even had to deal with this myself. My parents didn't know how to deal with things. And so how you dealt with things is you just yell. And, and I know sometimes I got spankings that were worse than just what I was supposed to have. But I got spankings all the time. And I think my mom thought it would help my circulation. You know, and, and a lot of them I earned, I did. There were sometimes my mom could just see the look on my face and she just knew. Come here, you know. Um. But they did, they were ill-equipped somehow. Their parents hadn't modeled for them a right way to deal with conflict. And so I, I just, I can remember, you know, just early on, just hearing stuff and all the things and, and you just shouldn't live in that. And so then, then you grow up thinking that's the way you handle it. And that's not the way you handle it. And I don't care if it's been modeled for you every day of your life. It's not the way to handle it. And even if you, you know, you, you thought that was, and now you've done that. Well, tonight's a good night to just put it away. Put it away because it's it's so destructive, so hurtful. Live out of anger is flesh and it keeps you from walking in the spirit. You lose out and other people lose out as well. James chapter one, verse 20 in the new living, it says human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, I want to move into a couple of things here so that we can act on this, okay? Because I hate to finish the message without a little bit of action, giving you some point of of application here. Let me go over a little bit more about anger here. Anger is a feeling, it's emotion. The root word is actually related to angst or anguish. And so it's something that you feel. How many of you, you know when you're angry? How many of you know when you're happy? Okay, if you're happy and you know it, smile at me, okay? Okay. Um, but when you're angry, you know it. Sometimes you can be angry about something and move on to the next thing. And maybe somebody got you angry in traffic. Or maybe watching the news. This is why you shouldn't be watching constant news. 
There's things that, what? It'll make you mad. And you know what? You'll carry that anger then. You know, and your son's saying, Dad, could we play catch? I'll be there in a minute. I'm watching the news. Oh. And then you go out with your little boy and play burnout. I'll tell you what. You know, you got to be careful because you're carried around with you. Anger is a signal that something is wrong in your perception. It's like a warning light. And it propels you then, positive or negative, it propels you to take some kind of action. To either to, de- to defend good or to attack evil. And that, that's why your perception has to be really good. Your perspective has to be good. Because otherwise you're going to turn things around. As Isaiah said, woe to them that call good evil and evil good. And so it makes you angry. Anger makes you want to attack evil and defend good. And if it can be held in that place and in the right way, in a proper way, then that's, that's an okay thing. Anger is listed in Scripture over 500 times. It's the only other emotion, uh, it's second only to love as another emotion. First time is in Genesis 4, Cain. The last time is, is in Genesis, or excuse me, Revelation 20, and it's Almighty God. Now, there are healthy responses to anger. Something can genuinely make you angry, and you can have a healthy response to it. And it's what I call careful assertiveness. Careful assertiveness. Something or someone angers you, and you go do something positive about it. How many of you have ever heard of MAD? Mothers against drunk driving. What happened? Tragedy. And then out of the devastation and the pain of a mother, the mother said, I'm going to go do something about this. And she did a lot of things. And it's an incredible story. And there's other things like this. You know, how many of you have ever watched America's Most Wanted? You know, and the guy, what's the guy's name on there? John Welch. You know, he's out there. Excuse me kicking tail and he's wound up. I mean, the man's wound up because somebody kidnapped and beheaded his son. That'll make you angry. So instead of just being some kind of recluse and psycho and, and, and avenging somehow, I mean, that makes me mad just to think it, it makes me mad just to say it, but you know what he's doing? He's turned the table and now he's got national help and publicity and incredible momentum. And he goes on the TV all the time and says, here's a bad guy. And here's his picture. Help me find him. And every week, if you, if you watch the show, when I get a chance, I like to watch it because they catch another one. I'm like, yeah, Woo-hoo. you know, and, the, and they catch them. And, and so that's a, 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 a proper way, a proper response is careful assertiveness. You know, I've had things happen before to me that I felt like was, was betrayal or this or that. But you know what? It just makes me, all right, what's the best thing I can do? I'm going to be better at this and I'm going to make this better and I'm going to work harder at this. And, and you, you've got to do that in your life instead of just being mad at everything. There's a healthy response. Then there's unhealthy responses. And this is where you get aggressive and you try to hurt or control or get revenge or hate or whatever, or punish somebody for something. And that's not the, that's not the right, right way to do it. Now, let me separate something out for you just real quick. Government, and by government, I'm, I'm meaning our military and law enforcement are the sword. That's the sword. They bear the sword. Romans tells us about this. That's legitimate authority 
to avenge, to punish evil, and to protect good. So people that are anti-law enforcement and anti-military, you know, I have problems with that. Is law enforcement perfect? Is the military perfect? No. Are our leaders perfect? No. But you know what? They're trying to do what Romans talks about. And you know what? I don't want to lose our military and I don't want to lose our law enforcement. Because you want, you want lawlessness? You want everybody to do what they want? You won't make it home. I said you won't make it home. And if you did make it home, home may not be there. I'm telling you the truth. And so the fact that military and law enforcement involved in what they do, you'd be thankful for that. And that's actually technically an agency of God. And it bears the sword, not in vain. And it's, and you read Romans, it's authority that is from God. Now for you and I to be vigilante, for you and I to do whatever, no, can't do it. Now, just a couple more minutes here. Anger is usually a secondary, everybody say secondary, is a secondary emotion to another feeling. I find this in my life, you find it in your life, you're usually more prone to get angry. Y'all still with me? You're usually more prone to get angry when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you're guilty, When you're feeling sad, when you've got fear or you've got some kind of heavy situation, you're worried or whatever, you're more prone to something setting you off when you have, it's a secondary emotion because you already have something else going on. Typically when somebody gets angry, something else is already affecting them. And typically when somebody gets angry at you, unless you've really done something bad, something else was already bugging them. It's kind of like this. If somebody steps on your toe... It's like, oh, ow. And you get over that real quick and they say, sorry about that. And that's one thing. But if you have a throbbing, sore, infected toe and they step on it then, guess what? You just hit them and you didn't even know you did. You beat them down with your shoe. You go, I'm sorry. You know what? Something was already going on. Something was already going on. And so typically when you see somebody, you know, express anger like that, there's something else going on because anger typically is a secondary kind of emotion. And we all have buttons. How many of you know what I mean by buttons? How many of you know what your buttons are? How many of you have more buttons than NASA? Okay. We'll talk about this more next week, but you got to learn to start protecting your buttons. We have, uh, you know, fire alarm things in, in the building. And, um, I don't know, it was a year or so ago in children's church, uh, a child, and and we still don't know entirely what will happen. I don't remember because I'm trying to blot it out of my memory, but because we had to evacuate, you know, but, uh, we ended up so that that didn't happen either that he pulled it or they were playing a game near it and something happened. We're not totally. I think that's kind of what happened. Now we have in, in places uh, an approved cover. So you got to be deliberate that you that you want to do that. And for all of y'all, don't touch them. OK, you'll see somebody angry. Um, but you've got buttons, you've got triggers. You know it. Some people just wear their buttons on their sleeves and on their shoulders. And we got to do a better job. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Now, 
Let's look at one verse and then I'm going to wrap this up tonight. I'm going to give you a little reading assignment first though. Psalm 37. Everybody say it. Psalm 37. You go read Psalm 37. You know, a while back I had something that was really bugging me. I'll be honest with you. I was having to process a couple times a day. It's like, whoa, this bugs me. And I had to keep going back and trusting God. I just had to go back. And you know, it always pays to trust God. It always just pays to trust God. And Psalm 37 just ministered to me, just ministered to me, you know, and, and we're going to break it down a little bit next week, but I want to give you something just kind of in case of fire kind of thing here. that's going to help you so much. Most of anger happens when we're communicating, when we're talking to one another. And anger always distorts communication. Even if just one of you is angry, it's going to distort the whole communication. So this is an incredible scripture here. Let's read it. Proverbs 15 verse 1. And it says this. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Read it with me. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, leave this verse up there if you would. Let me give you a a real key to understanding the Bible. You ready? Read it slow. So I'm going to read it slow and then I'm going to have you read it slow with me so you can hear what this thing is saying. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Okay, will you read it with me just like that? A soft answer turns away wrath. But, oh, come on. But, a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, here's what you need to do. And you find yourself, and I love my wife like crazy. What's that? Hold on. And she is nuts about me. But we're animated people. We're passionate people. We're driven people. We have opinions. And they don't always sink. And so there's sometimes in conversation. But what we've learned to do, really learned to do, is just to slow down. And we're not perfect in this. But we really learned to slow down. I really learned to just keep it soft. And it turns away wrath from me and it turns away wrath from her. Or, and how many of you are pretty quick up here with comebacks? Come on, I'll take anybody on. I am, I am, we're talking Olympic gold medal fast. This has been a real challenge in my life. Cause I could, I could come back real quick, but you know, sometimes she's saying something and that carnal part of you will just go, Oh yeah, it's in, it's in here. I've learned don't don't dare, you know, and it's in there. It's like, Oh yeah, well your mama and you know, and, 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 and. how many of you know that would not be wise to let that go from here to here? Cause there may be something coming back to here and here. Okay. 
So here's what you need to do. I mean, we, this is work because you know what? We've practiced anger our whole life. So don't kid yourself that we're going to walk out tonight. I'm good. (laughs) Feels good. You know, because you're going to have opportunity all the time because you got people and you got stuff and you got animals. How many of you love your animals, but sometimes it's like, come on, (laughs) you know, and so you're going to have a million things all around you to do that. But a soft answer does what? Turns away wrath. What does a harsh word do? And we don't want to stir it up. We don't want to stir it up. Amen. I got to stop right there, but did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Okay. Good deal.